Hey everybody, welcome to Dragon Academy Dropouts, your weekly dive into the DreamWorks Dragons universe. Everybody is back this week. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. It's a full house. It's a full house and it's the perfect day for a full house because we're talking about something that may go down in history as the greatest part of the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. I know Max thinks so. Oh yeah, it's pretty great. And Max, tell us what we're talking about today. Let me just set the stage for a minute. It's 2010 and How to Train Your Dragon 1 just came out and we're all waiting to see what will happen next. And suddenly, unexpectedly, DreamWorks releases a short film called was Legend it actually of the Bone Never Dragon. It was, it was pretty <laughs> unexpected. Pretty unexpected. I mean, partially expected. But really, until we saw it, there was, there was a lot that we did not expect. We did not know the gifts that we were about to be given. Nope. Not the gifts of the Knife Fury. Other this gifts. This was the short we didn't know we needed. That I'm still not sure that we needed, but we have it. So we are going <laughs> well, to talk we, about it today. <laughs> well, we, we, we needed this. This was vital to our continued existence as a community, nay, as a species. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that the How to Train Your Dragon franchise would be where it's at today without this short. So It almost certainly wouldn't. This no. short made How to Train Your Dragon into what it was. There would be no second movie. Definitely no TV show. Honestly, it if it weren't for Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon, there probably wouldn't be a first movie. <laughs> That's true. Like, we owe so much to Peter Steinfeld for writing this. We wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't be sitting here today chatting if it were not for the greatness of Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon. Who knows what I'd be doing right now? Probably crying alone or something. We would all just be meaningless in our existence, drifting from place to place, looking for a home that never was created, and Searching. hearing in the distance the cries of the bone napper dragon that never was. Searching for those <laughs> legends. Oh, yeah. And those bones. So if you're new to the fandom or just aren't familiar with the short, we suggest you go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's like less than 15 minutes long. It's not like something you need to sell your soul to. to get if, you, to. if you haven't seen it yet, you're not a good fan. That's not true. If you haven't seen it yet, you're one of those lucky fans. It's your lucky day. You're about to see something that will change your life. How's that? Is that better? That's better. All right, good. It will make your experience in the Dragons fandom so much better. Exactly. You get to watch it for the first time. Like we all wish we could. So exactly. lucky. So Yeah, I, I I never saw it the first time. I just skipped right to the second time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Max. <laughs> poor Max. <laughs> all right. So I asked you guys to all give it another watch before we talked about it today. And I want to know what your initial thoughts are. I know I hadn't watched it in a while. It's probably been over a year since I've seen it the last time. What kind of stood out to you guys watching it again? So many things. I mean, I'm just looking through my annotated notes here. And <laughs> there are moments throughout that stand out to me as important, as relevant, as sort of critical to the development of the Dragon series. And I, I think there's a lot to talk about here. Anything specific? Well, I have some questions about these yaks. 
Okay, let's get Brooke and Caitlin's initial thoughts before <laughs> we good. dive into the yak culture here a little bit more. I really enjoyed them playing with the animation style. Um, I thought it was kind of refreshing to see some of the characters and dragons in a new way. It was fun. Yeah, I loved the 2D animation, and I also just loved, like, it was, like, watching it again, for me, it was so nostalgic, because just after watching, like, Race to the Edge, it was, like, it was so nostalgic watching baby small hiccup try to you know form this group with his friends and you got like an awesome gobber backstory and there's just so much packed into 15 minutes i was like couldn't handle it so for example just one example we found out that there's a there's a god how how cool is that and we didn't know that until now and here it is there's now a god no yeah, we know saw this some for little sure. tidbits of the Viking culture in there, which was cool. Mm -hmm. I agree, Brooke. I felt the nostalgia really hit me hard while watching it, especially seeing them all so small and young again. Hearing the different voice actors too, after spending mm -hmm. so much time with the TV series was a little bit of a shock that I kind of forgot about. But like seeing small hiccup is always so cute. And even Astrid, like she's a noodle too, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. She's one tough noodle though uncooked all right i tried to break things up into the main themes that i kind of took out of the short and you guys can definitely jump in with what you thought too but the big one that i got immediately from watching this again is y'all need to respect gobber because he's awesome and everybody just know r-e-s-p-e-c-t around here i i agree however I think there's something kind of shady going on with Gobber that we need to talk about. Talk okay. about it, Max. Well, here's my issue. It has to do with the egg beater and with the broom. What is he doing? He's ending up in islands and, and forests with essentially cooking and cleaning implements. What was he doing in a jungle with an egg beater? What was he doing in a forest with a broom? I feel like these are questions that have never really been fully addressed, and I think we should address them. Okay. I just want to know how Gobber traveled so far that he ended up in a jungle or on a tiny tropical another, island. Another good question. Like, the guy has seen the world. He's so. seen things, that's for sure. I think it also begs the question, because those trips would not have been short in the days before dragon riding. How freaking old is Gobber, <laughs> right? <laughs> Gobber is an immortal, and I stand by that headcanon 100%. Yeah. So when he, said, when he said that Thor came down to, to aid him when the oh, napper had him cornered, it's probably like his brother, you know, just like, hey, he's chillin'. A, he's a demigod. Thor, can you help this. me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think in talking about respect for Gobber, I have a bone to pick and not the, the last piece of the bone that the bone napper needed to roar, a different one. Um, when Gobber's house was on fire and everybody was trying to put out the fire and he told them it was the bone napper, nobody believed him. And then somebody came along with his pair of underwear and said that it was by the fire and that that's the reason his house, his entire house caught fire. This pair of underwear that was not burned, it was not singed, it was still in one piece, 
And I call shenanigans on that theory. And I think that the people of Burke would be terrible arson investigators. I agree. I will also agree. I agree with one correction. I believe the hammerhead yak started the fire. Ooh. Interesting. This is my headcanon. We have not seen the end of the hammerhead yak. That's your head driving the hammerhead whale. I I have a lot to talk about these hammerhead animals. I mean, to begin with, what's the chance of one hammerhead animal in a short film? It seems a little bit suspicious to me. I can kind of buy one hammerhead animal, but two, I think something's off there. I think it's very suspicious. I think Don't forget about the yeah. regular hammerhead sharks. That's 3. Oh yeah, that's true. If you're going to go for three, like, I, I think it's definitely suspicious that they didn't go for more. Like, where's the hammerhead snail, the hammerhead... <gasps> the hammerhead bear. dragons. Yes, where's the hammerhead dragon? Season six of Race to the Edge, probably. <laughs> they gotta come up with something for one more season. We can only hope, because we've been waiting since 2010 for the exactly. hammerhead dragon. One more thing I want to talk about with respect for Gobber is how we got to see some continuation from the first movie and how Cup was like, at first he was willing to kind of stick up for Gobber and be like, no, it could happen. Like, he's not totally senile giving us these stories, like kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt to kind of speak up for the group. I thought that was sweet. And he got the whole gang to come along with it. So it's like baby dragon riders going on their little baby adventure. Getting the whole gang back together. Yeah, that part kind of, I was like, oh, because he was like, oh, we're getting the gang back together. So at some point, they were all doing their own thing. And who knows, maybe if they didn't go on this adventure, there would be no dragon riding group. I feel like something very big has changed between Bone Napper and the television show. And that is people really trusted Hiccup during Bone Napper. For example, at the very end of Bone Napper... In in my annotated notes, it's approximately line 150. Hiccup just says, with just speculates with absolutely no proof and says, wait a minute, what about the belt buckle? Maybe it's the belt buckle. And then everyone just goes along with it. And that would never happen in the television show. People would say, no, Hiccup, you're wrong. But everyone, including Astrid, who just immediately says, okay, Gobber, you need to give it back now. Isn't that weird? I feel that's, like they're very character development right there. Yeah, they're very trusting to Hiccup now, and you know they're starting too trusting, to see him. As, too trusting. I think Hiccup hasn't riding, made the mistakes yet. He's still riding the wave of I dove face first into the Red Death, and everybody's just like, "Okay, whatever you say, like you go, you, yeah, sure, buddy, sure." You lost your leg. We'll give you that one. <laughs> Yeah. I'd actually like to return previously to um to Max's concerns about Gobber and Gobber's trustworthiness. You know who else told long, complicated stories that didn't make <gasps> sense? Snot loud. Traitor <laughs> Johan. Well, that was a twist I wasn't expecting. <laughs> nah, no, 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 no. Stormfly is pure. Stormfly is a good dragon. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, Caitlin, are you saying that there was something treacherous about Gobber's intentions? I'm saying that Gobber and Traitor Johan are immortal siblings, and they've been sent to this earth to deceive us all. Oh. 
I was, I thought you were going to say they were dating or something. That too. <laughs> Wait, Twin so they're sets. siblings and they're dating? I ship it. <laughs> I don't know if I ship it. I was, I was, I was like about to ship it, but then I'm not, I'm not sure. If they're siblings, that's weird. I don't ship it if they're siblings, but if they're what not. What is their ship name? Yabber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gohan. Gohan. Gobhan. No, but I, I ship Gobber and Stoic more. So I, I don't yes. ship it too much. I ship yeah, it as a crack ship. You, you have to have the like the good good guy, bad guy. So you have good guy stoic and bad guy gobber. <laughs> <laughs> Johan needs another good guy. Maybe I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We can talk about Johan's romantic prospects in another episode. <laughs> this, this yeah, we still have, to go we really still have weird two twist. more two more themes to get through. So yes. All right. Anything else At about least two more themes. Them? At least two more themes. There are potentially many themes. Infinite, just like Gobber's years upon the sir. You can really dive deep into the short, so we'll keep going with the themes. So my next theme kind of came to me as I was watching this, and I realized that because this bone that the dragon needed controlled its voice, and because it needed its voice for a very important purpose within its species for our really, listeners for our listeners what what purpose was that exactly that purpose was to attract a mate so you can learn from this short don't mess with dragon mating rituals because you will get hunted down and it will try to murder you and honestly it deserves to because all this dragon wanted to do was you know meet a nice lady and or man dragon I have yeah. two discussion questions here. Discussion question number one. How do we know he wasn't just trying to mate with the person who had the bone? Discussion question because one. Because things would have taken a really weird turn as soon as Gobber handed over the this bone. This is a really weird short. You don't think... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think it's possible. I off. Just saying. His pants <laughs> came off. Okay. I have, I have another discussion question. After, okay. after you're done with this one. After you've done digesting this one. Go ahead, Max. My discussion question number two. If the bone napper finds its mates through its roar, how do other dragons find their mates? Is it mm. all roaring? Apparently they not. They all go like, to they that were like, this island. Is, that's true. But and like, then they just have a giant dragon orgy. Party. But when it comes to the to bone napper, the right, they were like, wow, it uses its roar Right, like as if this is something special, right? But maybe it is in the dragon world, right? Like maybe dragons attract their mates by like throwing spines at them or something. I don't know. Yeah, like think about the animal world and birds and even mammals. Like some fight, some have like displays of their feathers or I'm thinking of the ones that like have the giant necks that like <laughs> fly out. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can imagine. I can imagine Toothless's neck just like flying out. That is how he would do it. <laughs> That's Some why insects. he had those little things that Valka popped out of his body. Whoa. Yeah. Head That's his accepted. mating plume. Yeah. That's his puberty. <laughs> oh, damn. Bumps. Also, oh, that's the best name for it, too. Puberty bumps. <laughs> the puberty plume. <laughs> Maybe some dragons race each other. Dance. Yeah, mating dances. Or flights, mating flights. Moonlit flights. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, is the plot of How to Train Your Dragon 3 not about how Toothless goes to mate and 
screws everything up with Hiccup. Is that not what the plot is? I think it's with Stormfly. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that was going to be the plot of How to Train Your Dragon 2 before we got any promos. It's like, all right, he's the only Night Fury. How long is that going to last for? I mean, That's really? like a whole yeah. other podcast. They made us wait. Pretty close to the plot of How to Train Your Dragon 1, honestly. Yeah. Legend of the Bone Napper is just a warm-up for How to Train Your Dragon 3. The gang should have used this experience as a warning to them for future excursions. Don't uh, disrupt dragon mating rituals. And then what do they do? They disrupted the the razor whip rating. Oh, but even before that, even before that... um, uh, What's the one that's called that's like the Christmas special? I'm blanking on it. <laughs> Gift of the Night Fury? That one is all about... I always just want to call it Yaknog. It's all about disrupting dragon mating. Like that is the core plot that's, of that that's one. That's true. All the dragons just go to, to their little dragon mating island. So what is it with Hiccup and the others and disrupting dragon mating? Like, come on, just let them well, be. Well, this entire let them franchise... Go there and do it. This entire franchise basically consists of these characters going, disrupting ecosystems, and then learning something from it and having a valuable lesson. So I'm not shocked that it happens over and over again. Get it together, they guys. They would be terrible <laughs> zookeepers. Yeah. They would let the species fall to extinction. Subplot Maybe that's what happens in the brain. next movie. Yeah. So kind of wrapping up that one and moving to the next one, which will probably be a little bit more family-friendly. I thought it was interesting to see how they kind of dealt with like some Viking problems in this. For some reason, Hiccup didn't bring along Toothless on this voyage and their ship sank and they were stuck on a rock in the middle of the ocean. He's your bro yeah, and they like do everything together. Why was he not there? From the TV series where it's literally like, Toothless, come with me. Toothless, look behind this bush. <laughs> Toothless. Toothless, solve all my problems. <laughs> And now it's just like, oh, you can just stay here. Like, Toothless would definitely come. Yeah, he would make room. He'd leave leave Snotlap behind to bring Toothless. Yes. Yeah, where where was Toothless during this entire short? Was he just, like, curled up somewhere, crying? Probably crying. He was curled up somewhere due to budget restrictions for the animation, probably. Looking all blocky and sad. (laughs) Low-poly Toothless. Oh. Riders and toothless. Shitty animatronic toothless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor toothless. He doesn't deserve this. Plus the others. Them too. Meatlug. Stormfly. I don't know. Uh, Barf and Belch probably included on that. I don't know if Hookfang. Hookfang might deserve this a Pro- little bit. Probably not Hookfang. Hook he probably didn't care. Shoving yeah. Hookfang on a small wooden boat probably wouldn't be the best idea. Yeah. Well, well, I just thought like, the dragons would fly behind them. I mean, something like they could still go on the boat. It's or funny. Or Gobber whole... would go on the boat and they would all fly so that Gobber would have to do all the rowing instead of them. <laughs> and and that funny, would like have the, been Snotlout's plan. The whole short <laughs> takes place on a boat, right? Like they ride dragons for the entire first film. And then the short is like, well, let's take a boat ride. <laughs> <laughs> let's crack out the old boat. I'm on a boat. Don't you I mean, maybe it's because it. Gobber just is uncomfortable with dragons at that point. That's possible. But then on the flip side, he was the dragon trainer for the entire time that they were training dragons or, or training yeah. to kill them. So But he took on he took on the the change pretty well. I mean, he got an assistant for his his blacksmith workshop <laughs> place. 
Blacksmithy. Yeah. Black Smithy. Smitheroo. I don't know. All the fan fictions call it the Smithy, so you can just call it the Smithy. I always thought, though, he was a terror man. A what? Oh, a terror. Like terror. Terror. Have a terror? He would have a terror. Oh. I thought that no, would be his dragon that's choice. Gothi. She has all of the terrors. That's Every true. single one of them. She is the queen, and they all flock to her. That's for true. Maybe, maybe Gobber wanted a terror. Snacks. Maybe he wanted a terror, but he was like, you know, I can't can't find them anymore on this island because they're all in that really tall house. <laughs> they're all in her house. <laughs> I can't fight Gothi because I'll lose. No one can fight Gothi. Gothi's definitely a god. Oh, yeah. If we're thinking that Gobber's a demigod, she is definitely... She hasn't aged since she was a teenager. She's <laughs> yeah. definitely I, immortal. I think you're right. I mean, I think the hierarchy of gods in this in this entire franchise goes like this. Gothi is number one. Then Thor. She's full god. And then Gobber is number three. Yep. Gobber slash Johan, because they're both gods. I think Johan's number four. He's not quite the level of Gobber. Oh, okay, I see. So the other Viking problems that we saw in this episode, though, they were using the dragon to help them put out the fire. So that was good to see. They had a rudimentary uh, plan for dealing with fires. It wasn't anything as sophisticated as we know it will become, but they had a plan in place and it seemed to work decently well because nobody was screaming and nobody was on fire. Yeah. You can tell it's still in the beginning stages because half of it is just stoic yelling at people to do things. So they're kind of in that in-between point between the old ways and the new ways. Which is cool to see. I mean, Transition. wasn't it the case in Dragon 2 that stoic was still just yelling at people to do things? And then yeah, Dragon, not 3, not yell at people. Dragon 3 is hiccup yelling at people to do things. I mean, if there's one thing they have in common, it's telling other people to do things. <laughs> Definitely. I can't argue with that. I mean, we started, Hiccup sort of started all of this with telling Gobba to take his pants off. So, you know, he, he doesn't have far to go till he reaches stoic level. They would have all died unless Gobber, Gobber took his pants, pants off. Anyway, Gobber. enough about Gobber's pants. <laughs> Never enough about Gobber's pants. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that I'm going to use the quote, deploy the yak whenever I can now? Because yes. that's hilarious. Okay, we need I... to talk about this. We need to talk about this because I think this is strange. It's strange for several reasons. In fact, this is one of my discussion questions. Discussion question. Is Gobber an unreliable narrator? Or does the hammerhead yak actually speak? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I think the what? second one is way more probable and plausible. Gobber is the most reliable narrator in the entire series. That is true. He's I a think... god and gods can't lie, right? Isn't that a thing? It is now. I mean, we were a democracy, so let's all vote. What do you think? Unreliable narrator or the yak speaks? Well, I the don't think that Gobber has a reason to lie. Like So Brooke, you're going for the speaking yak, right? Yes. I think maybe that this didn't come up before because maybe the yak has some kind of blackmail or something that it's holding over Gobber's head to get him to comply. I think we have to revise our god tier because the yak is number negative a thousand. 
Oh, damn, you're right. We need to get the yak on the god tier. Sorry, Gothi, but you're outranked by the hammerhead yak riding the hammerhead whale. And Together, that brings me that brings me universe. to question discussion question number two, highly related to discussion question number one. Is Gobber an unreliable narrator or two? Did the hammerhead whale actually salute him? <laughs> Discuss. Second verse, same as the first. The hammerhead whale definitely saluted Gobber. I'm, I'm going to be a stick in the mud and say Gobber's an unreliable narrator, but he has a flair like no one else, and he's very creative. He has a hammerhead flair. All I know is if somebody were going to tell me bedtime stories, I would rather it be Gobber than anyone else. You know, I bet you're all about I, I would think, okay, my hierarchy of people who I'd want to tell me bedtime stories, Gobber is certainly high. I, I give you that. But number one would be the hammerhead yak. Oh, good point. Mm. That that yak has seen things. But I mean, speaking of yaks, we missed on a very important character. Not speaking of yaks, that has nothing to do with this. Um, Phil. Phil. Oh yeah. That's true. There's Phil so much hashtag relatable in this episode. So much Phil content here. You don't get Phil content like that anymore. It was just, that was some good stuff right there. It was really great. Yeah. Really touched the heart to see how indifferent Phil was to the struggles of everybody else. Remember back when the sheep were used for comic relief? I miss the sheep. Those were the days. Okay. Pop quiz. How many times did Phil ba in the episode? Was it A, one, B, two, C, three, D, four, or E, none of the above? Discuss. It was at least two because he bawed when they left and then he bought on the ship. Uh, the ship one, does that really count as a bob? Because that was more like a blood-curdling sheep scream. <laughs> I am counting that as <laughs> a bob. At least a hiccup it was. <laughs> counting it as a bob. That was a bob. I'm going to say two. I feel like there's got to be one more because there's all that episode. Did he really not bob again? I want to say three because I feel like there's got to be one there. I'm forgetting. And you are correct. It's three bobs. Woohoo! And the third bob is... I don't remember. Oh no, it's the second to last line in the entire in the entire thing. Oh well. yeah, when they're on when they're riding back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? When the yeah. tailbone is hurting Toughnut's tailbone. tailbone. Yes. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Best line. What a dramatic way to end a short. Well, the last Wait. line is I think Stoic will believe me now, A. And the answer to that is no, he won't. Stoic believes nothing. <laughs> but this brings us to another discussion question. Did the bone ever actually start the fire? Because there's no proof of that, right? So is he going to, you know, sure, I agree. They found the bone napper. Good job. But there's no proof that it started the fire yet. That's kind uh, of the whole point. At that point in time, the bone napper was the silent killer. Hard to say those words with a straight face, but nobody would have heard it come or go. So it could have still been the culprit. But it could have been the underwear. We don't know. It's a mystery. The underwear was in one piece and it wasn't burnt. (laughs) I call shenanigans again. Yet, yet, I I will bring up a, a line that occurs. It's line 18, where 
Stoic says to Hiccup, who is asking whether dra- whether whether Gobber's talking about one of his dragons, Stoic says, he doesn't mean one of yours. Gobber, for the last time, there is no such thing as a... And then Gobber says, bone napper? My point is... Gobber talks about this all the time. So what's the chance that this would actually be the case that the bone napper did it? Could just be Gobber saying this again and everyone goes along with it, but it really was the underwear. Yeah, but this time his house is on fire. And the underwear were not, so it wasn't the underwear. Weren't they at least smoking? I remember them being smoking. Can we just blame Mildew and call it a day? Good plan. plan. Mildew started the fire. <laughs> I mean, I think it was the hammerhead yak, but, you know, we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree. Absolutely. It was Mildew riding the hammerhead yak, riding the hammerhead whale. Saluting Gobber. Whoa. Do I ship Mildew and the hammerhead yak? Maybe. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't, I don't ship him with the yak. I ship him with the yak. Hammer do. <laughs> oh, that's going to haunt my nightmares. We want fan fiction. <sighs> we don't want fan fiction. We want fan art. We want both. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Can somebody please draw Twist Mildew and turn. riding the hammerhead yak, riding the hammerhead whale? Even if it's just a fan edit with like filters and a romantic quote over top whatever, of the pictures. Whatever happened to that one like troll vlog where all it was was just like fan edits of mildew. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, know. you need to do this for us. Please. We need to put Please. up the bat signal. You're needed once more. I feel like every week we just beg our listeners to make us something. Make me think. We're just lonely. <laughs> I'm, I'm still so waiting for validation. that. Still waiting for that playable game of Maces and Talons. I mean, I don't really care about the, the yak and stuff. Just that would be cool. I want that. Me too. We should make right. it ourselves. We'll just do it ourselves. <laughs> I don't need you. I don't need anybody. <laughs> All right. We've had some terrible images ingrained into our minds this week. Are there any other points that we want to make before we go? Yes, the hammerhead yak started the fire. I also that's all I have. I want to point out that when they're running away from the bone napper, hiccup, he's running. He's running (laughs) faster than everybody. He's a fast runner. I was, damn. He's the most aerodynamic. He That's mastered true. his true. new leg, which I think is, you know, so proud of him. Kudos to Hiccup. That's a lot of physical therapy right there. Not only has oh, he yeah. mastered his leg, but he's also a noodle. Pretty impressive. True. That is true. All right. Anything else? The underwear are innocent. The underwear started the fire. Okay. Let us know what you think of our theories. Do you ship it like we do? Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> we want Hammerdew. <laughs> also, I think I think I said there's another thing that I was like, you should put this in the put this in the comments. I don't remember what it was, but don't forget to put that in the comments. <laughs> yeah, so don't forget to do that, whatever that is. All right. Do not forget. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for that. Whatever it was, I'm gonna be like, wow, where is that thing that, that I was hoping for? <laughs> All right. 
Do you guys love the Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon? Let us know. You can visit our website, shoot us a comment on dragondropouts.com, on Tumblr, on Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. In our submission box, please send us the entire script of Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon. We want to see the entire script of Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon. Annotated and with discussion questions. Ideally, yeah. that would be great. I'd want to see that. Max literally has his script annotated. so With discussion questions, which I've been giving you pretty good, don't you think? You really prepared this week. I'm impressed. Never before have you been this prepared. That's because I'm trying I really to be shady, care. just saying. I really care Porky's about Legend of the Bone Apple Tree. Three bell. cheers for Max. Hip, 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 hip. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I try. You did try. We're proud of you. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us this week. This was a lot of fun. We took some twists and turns, but we made it through one of the most canon pieces of fandom material that we have. Guys, thanks for coming this week. See you next time. This was time. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I hope we can be a as inspirational to you as Legend of the Bone Napper was to us. Absolutely. All right, guys. See you next week on Dragon Academy Dropouts. Bye. Bye.